bits. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, you didn't do it. Oh, you missed it. Uh, welcome back to the call. welcome back to the Call to Adventure podcast. Uh, we're here today with Elise Marcienti. Nailed it. Fuck yeah. Um, welcome. Thanks for thanks for the coming. It's a what been a four hour drive to get here. Yeah, well, it turned into six by the time I had my stops. But yeah, we made it. Thanks for Damn. having me. She's down from Bright. It's nice and cold up there at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's been snowing. Mm. What's it like living out in the big sticks? <laughs> it's actually really nice. The property I've been staying on has really made me feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm staying on a farm with no reception and to get warm I have to start a fire so it's like real like slow living that's primal living fuck yeah Yeah. are you living with anyone no that's just just been house sitting so yeah I've had free accommodation for the last little while how do you go being by yourself out in the middle of nowhere I actually really love it surprisingly I think I'm really social when I go out like with my day to the point that it's almost too social like I wake up you know I have friends over and stuff like say if I wake up friends are there the whole day I'll be with them. So if I'm snowboarding, I'm riding with them. And then sometimes when I come back, there's already people there. I'm actually almost too socialed out. So to actually have a little place where I can kind of park up, it's perfect. And Mm. as a creative as well, I need that solitude where I can just think on ideas and think through things. So I'm loving it. How many people do you have out in Bright? Like, there's probably like a population of like 50 there, isn't there? No, well, it's a ski season. So it's genuinely like you walk into town at like 8 a.m., and you won't come home tonight because you just bump into people and you go for a swim and you go for a ride. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's go. crazy. Hmm. How does a one Turner girl end up in Bright? Like, what's the, what's the story? So, that's a really good question. So, how did it start? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to regret that if I don't do it. No, that's so fine. Um, so fine. Yeah, I think when COVID happened, I got so sick of being in Melbourne and went up the East Coast. And then from coming back from there, I was like really inspired to kind of live life a little differently. And I applied to do a snow season. Mind you, I've been snowboarding once in my life and I got concussed. (laughs) Yeah, but I applied to be a snowboard instructor and got the job at Mount Borbor. So I moved to the snow and did the season. And then when lockdown happened, uh, I was at Falls at the time, had no accommodation, no job. So I needed those two sorted to then have a, you know, with the lockdown, how you can only be certain distance or whatever it was. So you had to find that. And I was on the chairlift at Falls and I just Googled like what town was around the area that I could find work, put it on Facebook, like, hey, anyone hiring? Got a job in town and moved there. Damn. Let's quickly touch on that concussed story because I'll, I'll probably forget about it. What happened there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just didn't learn properly. Like I was just with these guys that were riding really fast, hadn't ridden before, caught an edge and just... Were you fully sent in it though? I'm fully sent Yeah, you're like, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, else. and I didn't get any insurance either because I'm like, okay, realistically, if I break a bone, I'll go off the mountain and go to hospital there and um, Ski Patrol had to come take me <laughs> off. So had the good medical bill too. Damn. How, how was the experience getting concussed for the first time, <laughs> if you can remember any of it? I don't really. Um, no, it was actually, I didn't, I, yeah, I wouldn't really remember it. Yeah. Pretty pretty scary knowing that I hadn't really snowboarded before. Like the snow was really new and just I remember getting taken down on the skidoo being like I I don't know how bad this is, but it was pretty okay. A real life calls for adventure. I like, I like the start, of this <laughs> start with a send. Yeah. <laughs> I am very curious like you know, you say it's great being by yourself up in the mountains and stuff like that, and I guess it is busy during ski season, but is there ever times when you're like, Well, oh, this is challenging being out here by myself? hundred percent. 
100%. And I think that's what I kind of love about it is that you've got to be okay with being yourself. And I think that's why I go out hiking and so much by myself. Like even yesterday morning, I did like a five-hour bike trip. Um, went up like Mount Buffalo and took some waterfalls and that was just like a solo thing. And you would think, oh, like why would you do that yourself? And I think it's really cool because I'm problem-solving myself and just being comfortable with yourself as a fundamental basis is probably like the most powerful thing when you travel or when you have a breakup, you're still okay because you are comfortable with being yourself. Mm. Was there ever a, a chapter in your life where that wasn't the case, that it was pretty difficult to be by yourself? Yeah, 100%. I went through a massive mental health kind of journey. I had anorexia and I think through that journey, I really learned a lot. I really learned about how toxic, I guess, social media can be or how toxic toxic positivity is and like all like I relearned everything I relearned how to eat I relearned how to just like be myself and I think through that period is where I learned to be by myself so not easy <laughs> mm. how did you learn to be yourself again what were the some of the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome all of that so much and I think it's always continual and learning like it's something I still continue to do and to deepen but I think for me I took a gap year after school and I prioritised it. I'm like, this is the year I'm going to do everything I wanted to do and didn't have the time to do. So I started doing a lot of art. I did all the things that I'm like, no money is involved. I just want to do it and started finding a lot of passions and found like the outdoors and hiking and, and all these things. And I think through that, I really started to find a sense of self and it's only gotten deeper and stronger since. Mm. Mm. Was there any hints, any specs, anything pointing you in that direction from an early age? Because you, you mentioned that you're creative, there's like a connection to nature. Was it ever present growing up? Yeah, 100%, but I think it was really hidden. I think because I didn't really have anyone around me to know that that was something I could do. So I had my older sister, academic, like she's an engineer. My dad's an engineer as well. So it's very much like logic. Everything's on spreadsheets. It makes sense at home. And I've always like looked up to my sister, like she's really smart. So I really pushed myself ac academically. And I think, I'm not sure I, it would have been the eating disorder. I think of just that period of recovery where I realized that's not me. Like I do love maths and science, but I'm not passionate about it. And really started to say like, oh, like this is something I'm actually really good at and can thrive in rather than like following my sister's footsteps or like the people around me. So I always felt I had something that, like I always loved adventure and I loved pushing myself and being creative. I just never did because no one else around me did. Mm. Did you ever feel like you were different in any way? Like from that aspect? Yeah, but I kind of loved it. Like mm. I've come to realize the fact that I think differently is actually really cool. Like mm. that's why I love like hiking and spending time alone because the ideas I have, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So mm. I think I've just started to embrace it. And I think it's been interesting because it's something I used to be so scared about. Like in high school, I was like, messaging my friends like oh what do you think of this shirt or what shoes should I wear like, I don't care about it mm. but it's what you do especially in, in high school it's always mm. just so who, how are you doing your hair who are you going with um and just always feeling like I was caught up in that and yeah I guess it's something that just never actually interested me mm. uh, I, was, I was just going to ask something along the lines of that um it's coming to you it's coming to me it's coming <laughs> we've lost the co-host anyway um <laughs> fuck i've lost it it was just it was along the lines of like oh yeah uh <clears throat> going back to those days of like you know 
you, you explained it briefly before about like the Instagram and social media and stuff like that. And then being in the school, the schooling system and like sharing like, Hey, do I want to wear this? And it's like the power of being alone reveals like how unimportant any of that stuff is. hundred percent. It strips all of it back. And it kind of just shows you, especially when I'm out in the mountains, it's like, you just get such a zoomed out perspective that it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't mm-hmm. matter what mm-hmm. people think. It doesn't matter if people's opinions. And I think that's honestly so powerful to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's times when you, you're going out and you're catching up with friends and then you're like, Oh, what, like what do I wear? <laughs> and it's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like legitimately who gives a fuck? Like we've all been there. We've all had the insecurity of like, Oh, like, I wonder what they're wearing. But then the more you step away from that, it's like, start just like doing the things that you love, start wearing the shit that makes you feel the best. And then when you can just feel confident within yourself, like, yeah, none of that shit matters anymore. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's really interesting because I started to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to be myself. Like through this recovery, if I'm going to recover for something, I'm going to recover for a life that I want to love. Like fuck masks, fuck like being fake. I really don't care. I'm, I'm going for it and started like slack lining and just doing my own thing. I really, I really didn't care. And I was kind of worried how that would be responded. And honestly, it was just respect. People are like, I really wish I was as free as you. Like, you're just so happy. You're just doing what you love. Like, you don't care. And I think that's been really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to know a bit more about the eating disorder because that's the first time we've had someone on the podcast talk about something like this. However, I've, I've now got like five people in my close circle who have also started opening up about their own experience. Could you give us some insight on what that's like? Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think it's a really individual journey as to what causes it and what helps someone get better. Like I can't speak on behalf of everyone, um, but it's a very cruel and hard place to be in that. For me personally, it came from a lot of like lack of confidence and um, punishment and just so much pain that, um, yeah, it was really, it was years of torture. It was like, honestly indescribable and it's really hard as well I think because you can't necessarily have the connection with friends that understand like if I were to say hey I've just lost a friend I think the response is usually I'm here for you let's have a sleepover let's have popcorn like I'm here for you but if you say hey I'm actually really scared of eating the sandwich they're like dude that's that looks yum I want to eat it but the fear is the same or the emotions are just as intense as anything else externally Mm. so it's almost like when I was trying to tell friends what I was going through, they couldn't understand because to them it doesn't mean anything. Like, oh, I've gained weight. They're like, oh, whatever, like you're small anyway. But to you, it's the same pain as, yeah, grieving as something really traumatic happening. So, Can you talk us through like a moment like that when you're looking at a sandwich and it's like, what it, what, what are you experiencing in that moment when you like don't, like it's terrifying you? It's just pure fear. It's, I, it's irrational. And that's what's interesting as well. It's like, you know, I'm pretty switched on. I understand things. I can make sense. But it's so irrational to have that fear. But it's almost coming down to like that sense of control as well and being able to have it what you had in your head. Like, um, like I'm not going to eat for this certain amount of time. It's almost like you failed and you failed again. And it just feels that belief that you're a failure or it feels whatever it is that is already like lacking Mm. does it stem from like a a specific insecurity like or is it just a disorder no and i don't even know what it was for me i can't pinpoint i didn't have a traumatic event that caused it like i did have a bit of a burnout from pushing so much academically but nothing necessarily caused it for me but it became so irrational it wasn't about looking good it wasn't about 
um, like losing weight, it was completely irrational. Like ambulances, police were called. I was hospitalised like multiple times. Like it was beyond just, oh, I want to fit in or look good. It was pure just depression, anxiety and an eating disorder mm. together. My sister also experienced an eating disorder and it, she went through that silently. We were all home. We, we saw her every day. However, we were clueless with it because she was able to hide it so well. And now being able to speak about it more openly with her, she... I was asking her, like, where where did you go for resources, support, guidance? And she was like, honestly, at that time, I didn't feel like I had anywhere to go. So I would love to ask you, did you did you feel like you had someone you could lean on? Did you get any support from anywhere? How did you? Not at all. And it was really hard. So the treatment I was in was pretty much I wasn't able to speak to anyone. Like, the treatment team would get my parents to feed me. That was it. And I think that is the most horrible way because like we're humans we want to be connected we want to reach out I had no one to talk to and no one that I felt would understand and I was yeah like suicidal and completely unsafe for that whole period and didn't feel like I could lean on anyone so I really think it's so important to have a community of people that understand you or at least you feel comfortable sharing with because I think if someone heard it would have made it so much better because the same thing unfortunately I was in silence Mm -hmm. and we didn't know how to we didn't know how to get through it. Mm. Treatment team specifically s- s- told you to be silent about it. Was, it. was that what you're saying? Yeah. What? That's crazy What's, What was their reasoning like behind that? Anything? It was pretty much we want to just get you physically well, mental will come later. So right, if okay. medical comes first, like if you're underweight and that's going to stop your heart, like it was right. a very medical model. Like when mm. I was in hospital, it was like we need to get your heart rate up and then you can go... And it was pretty much like once we feed you, oh, then we'll look at the emotional. And it's so backwards because I honestly think if someone had said like, you know, let's build you up to a life that you want to live. Let's get you excited about things that you're not excited about. Maybe I would have put on the weight and been like, yeah, I want to recover. But if I'm there, like, why am I doing this? I don't even want to be here. Yeah. So what was the moment that changed it all for you? There was a few. I think the first was kind of just like, faking it till you make it to get out of hospital and I think something started to switch of like hey actually I think there's something here and it really hit me two moments really hit me one was seeing a couple 40 year olds in hospital with me and I knew if I did nothing that was going to be me it wasn't even oh there's a possibility you'll be sick forever it's like if I do nothing that will literally be me and there's so much more to life than living in a hospital surely like I actually can't live like this And another one was a girl I was in hospital with did pass away and it made me realise just how serious this is. This isn't a a game of Russian roulette where I'm like, oh, I'll just see what my chances are and and not care about recovery. I was like, I'm going to do it for her, if not for me. Like, I'll Mm. at least do it for her. And I think then it started to get a bit of momentum and I was like, I'm actually really strong. Like, all these years I've spent unwell but fighting has given me that strength of, like, life, I guess. So now it's really built so much like because i was facing fear six times a day every meal i'm now so comfortable with fear that i'm out adventuring and pushing myself like i've Mm. got all these skills behind me that then excel me in this kind of thing and Mm. yeah that is so interesting because you were saying that you were confronted with irrational fear consistently on a daily basis so now when you literally have to confront irrational fears out in the real world like it's really cool to hear that transformation you realizing that i guess all that previous pain is now like 
birthed you into this like new more uh, stronger empowered individual 100%. coming out of that now do you feel a sense of purpose having overcome the eating disorder with anorexia and you feel almost compelled to talk about it more publicly absolutely i genuinely feel like that is my purpose now like art psychology and adventure all together sharing that message of like resilience and that mindset change i think is all, all i want to do yeah that's why i wanted to jump on and that's why i'm doing the um walk at the end of the year yeah Let's talk about that one because yeah, that is a, that's a send it type of. It's a send it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the walk? Yeah, tell us about the walk. <laughs> so in November, I'm hiking from Bright to Kosciuszko, which is a 250 kilometer hike, and then from there, running a 50k ultra. All right. So, what's the estimated time time frame on this? Like two and a half weeks. Can you just tell it? Why did you have to add the the ultra? I was fucking send it, bro. Well, I already had planned to do the ultra. So I was like, all right, let's backtrack and let's see if I can like walk there from where I am because oh, I've been living yeah. in Bright. And I think I've been thinking of something. I was like, I know I want to do something. So I thought maybe walking the East Coast would be really cool. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm young and blonde and like my parents would totally not let me go walk the streets. <laughs> Fair enough. I can, I can drop that one. And then I was thinking of running like the coast of Victoria but I have um, tendonitis, so running on roads, probably not going to happen. Um, and then figured, yeah, I love hiking and I love running. I love just the journey of moving. Um, so it's called Moving for the Mind. And it's pretty much just talking about being out in nature and how that helps with like resilience. Beautiful. Hanging out with Sean Bell too much. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad influencer. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. And uh, w- when is this happening? What's the roadmap? What's the plan? Yeah, so mid-November I'll yeah, head off and the ultra is the first week of December. Yeah. And then just you, send it? Like, have you got a plan? You're training or? for I'm it? training. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. What's the yeah. training regime like? Uh, I'm on a training plan with um, Samantha Gash. So oh, I've been yes. running with her Played in the hills. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. She's an absolute legend. So doing her program um, and just lots of missions. Especially Bright is like heaven. It's got mountain bike riding, right? like every trail, everything. So... Yesterday was like a 50k bike ride. The day before I went backcountry. The day before it was a half half marathon. So just a bunch of, bunch of missions. Uh, we have a mutual friend called Troy. He just messaged me yesterday and he invited me to do a 10k trail run. I've never done a trail run. I've been doing just like the yes. bitumen stuff. Yeah, Troy, Why Troy. would you do that? Troy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry? Why would you do bitumen? I don't know. I thought that's just where, that's where you just, that's where running happens. No. But yeah. So can you sell me on the idea of a trail run? Like for, for people who've never done a trail run, what's, what, what's that like? It's just amazing. It's kind of like hiking, but so much more immersive and quicker and faster. And I think it's for me, it's just really engaging because you, it's technical. So you're always thinking about your feet, you think mm. about things moving, but then you've just got so much nature around you and I love turning into a bit of a, a morning like getting up really early putting on the head torch getting your you know your camel back and then go checking out a new road going for a, like a swim it's just the whole experience I find mm. really really cool where you just come back like that was the best day ever whereas for me I don't really have any interest in road running because it's like oh it's just around the block mm, I don't know yeah. it, it doesn't it just doesn't interest me it's a bit more yeah I guess you, you make a good point because it's a bit mindless when you're just running on the road you're not really taking in or like, yeah, not really. Yeah, the technical aspect is not really there. Are you looking yeah. for a way out or something, bro? What? The 10K? 
No, I'm no, I'm doing the trail run. <laughs> oh, I okay, want to do yeah, the trail yeah. run. I was like, that's why I sell me on it because well, uh, wait, he no, asked good. you to do a trail run. Yeah. Oh, so you're just usually running on bitumen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, like I've done I don't think running. you'll go back to me. Really? Okay. I, no, I, I, I haven't been able to go back. I just love like checking out a new place that I haven't done before, and it's so cool when you're like at the top of a mountain. You're like, I just got, I just got up that. Like it's really, like a mount, like powerful immersive mm. experience mm. yeah i was lucky enough to live on bayside you know, for like a while and like, even that's just like a little trail off the road and you're just like in bush and you're looking at the ocean and it's like this is nice yeah, yeah. it is good it yeah. is good but nothing like you do i don't i don't want to gloat <laughs> can you hear some spots some good trail run spots around melbourne oh i haven't that's the thing i haven't really done much around melbourne there's too much city <laughs> um out of, but i melbourne pardon out of melbourne even just like dandenong ranges mm. is really nice otherwise I could recommend everywhere in Bright, but it's a little bit, a little bit far away. Yeah, mm. I'll definitely shoot you, shoot you through some. Yeah, sweet. shoot him through some. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's still, one, he's still maybe in rehab. He's still on the recovery. That's <laughs> <laughs> recovery. Um, fuck, that sounds like a pretty cool feat to do. I, I like the sounds of that. It's not as like, yeah, it's just two and a half weeks of hiking. And then to do a 50k ultra. So how, how far are you running on a daily basis? Like when you do like your, your morning run or whatever, is, what's the Super average? Super inconsistent. It's, it's whatever it kind of turns out to be anywhere. Like I, I enjoy like a 10 to 20. Um, sometimes we'll do just a couple k's in the morning and sometimes I'll turn into a bit more of like a 20, 30 mm. adventure, maybe a ride afterwards mm. or a walk but mm. yeah super super active days not just no i don't care about pace or distance like i think it's been interesting getting into running more and training more and doing events people are a lot more conscious around time and pace and distance like i was just in the goldie and that was a lot more about like i'm a runner they do like their fast 5k and it's all timed and structured whereas i'm a bit more did you do the marathon then uh no, no but i was just up there running yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah. When, yeah. when you say this publicly, like this feat, does it scare you? So much. Be- especially because I just came up with the idea. Like no one said this is like possible and like based on your fitness, that makes sense. I'm like, I don't actually know if this is possible. Like, is this a dumb idea? I don't know. <laughs> but it's happening. So how, pardon me. How many kilometers is it? 250. And in then 50. two and a half weeks. So what's the average? So it was 300 in total. 300 in total. Yeah. And then, so what's the average you'll be walking a day? Have you worked that out? 15 to 20. Yeah. Damn. That's yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's totally really scary, but it's also, that's how I've been living my life the mm. last three days. Three, I'm mm. oh, sorry, three days. Three days. Three years. Oh, fuck, you switched three, it up quick. <laughs> three years. Three years, it's pretty much been on the road where I'm like, I'm completely in the unknown. I've done things that I never thought I'd be able to do and just very like, on the go, on the move with things that I'm not surprised that this is happening, but it's also just completely surrendering to the fact that this is very much, again, another thing in that unknown. I can't plan and I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I feel like over the last three years, I've been building that confidence or that belief, like I can do hard things. If it's not, I mean, we have like this, again, we have a mutual favourite song that we refer to quite a bit and it's, um, if it doesn't scare you, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worthwhile. Help me out here. <laughs> I have no if, idea. It's, if it's not scary, it's not worth pursuing. Something along those lines. If it's not scary, it's not big enough. Yeah, something yeah. like something that. And like honestly, that. I think we should be doing things that actually have risk more often. Like, I think there's things that people do that are like a bit scary or a bit hard. But I think having risk is a really cool thing where you're like, I actually am in the unknown. Because mm. I think that's really where things happen that surprise you. Like, even how I ended up in Brighton, my lifestyle there, I'm like, 
that would never have happened had I not taken mm. those kind of risks. And it's such a cool thing to be out of your typical routine. Like I don't have a normal work schedule. I don't have a normal location. Mm. Um, and it's just like working with that flow, I guess. So it's like when you start on this this journey of self-discovery, you're, you're proving yourself wrong time and time again. And then when you overcome that and you start to build the resilience and the confidence, now you're proving yourself right. Because I'm sure you generally believe that you could do whatever you set your mind to. Yeah. And now it's just like making that a reality and proving yourself right. Yeah, and that's what I think it is. It's like a lot of it is just allowing what I'm actually doing to catch up with how I feel. Like I knew years ago I could do a marathon. Like I, I kind of, I don't know. I just felt like I had it in me. I was like, I know I've done lots of hard things outside of running that I'm like, I feel like that's something I can do. And I never felt like I was hurt as well. It was almost like, oh, like, I, you know, I went for a ride or a run and people like, oh, okay like and then now they can just say oh i've run a marathon like oh okay like you can run you know just that little bit of like <laughs> i don't know i just like felt like never hurt i knew i had it in me and then people like oh mm. so how far can you run i've only done 6k like because that's where i was at i knew i had it in me mm. just i was like it's almost like i've been saying just give me time like for this thing at the end of the year i know i've always had it in me but it's just taken a couple years to actually like build up hiking skills and like my wilderness skills and stuff to be able to do it I've always known I've been able to do it though. Mm. Would you say you're more prepared mentally than physically right now? Is it? Is, is yeah, it I'm just really bad with directions. <laughs> <laughs> like horrible. So I think that's the big concern. <laughs> so phys- you're more <laughs> prepared physically then? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm really bad. Like it's a joke how bad I am with directions. So What's the strategy with that? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know if I can even trust myself with maps. So... Even Google Maps is hard enough. So. <laughs> you won't be I having Google Maps out there. No, no reception. <laughs> Just look at the big map. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, that's wicked. That's um, yeah. Go. How's the how's your your circle of uh, people that you have close to you? Are they because it's obviously very important that you have people who can actually sort of push you and raise your standard and. Uh, I guess uh, affirm that you can do this as well. How's how's your circle? They are the most amazing people I've ever met. Like I actually can't believe it. I found growing up in the suburbs really hard. Not necessarily that were my people. Like yeah, love my friends from home, but in terms of the general community, wasn't something that I necessarily vibed with. And I think through having my own podcast, where I've now got you know fifty people that I can reach out to and connect to and feel like I can have a conversation with, is really powerful. And the people in Bright just inspire me so much. Like they're all in every avenue that, you know, that one step up, someone I can look up to, someone that inspires me. And I've never felt so supported. And I think community is like the biggest thing, especially when you have a dream. I almost feel like a dream is something very fragile. So you've got to make sure that you're around a good work environment, a good lifestyle and good people. So I'm really conscious where I work for the sake that if it's a, a workplace that's really like draining and brings me down, I think that will lose my creativity and I guess my dreams mm. and the people around me is everything. Like I'm really conscious um, what conversations I have. I'm really conscious who I surround myself with and like the content that I put in mm. my eyeballs. So, yeah. How did you practically be able to attract that, cultivate that circle for yourself? I think just getting amongst it. Like I feel like I'm living out all the things that I've learned. Like you can read all the self-help books and, and read all these things. And I think you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I think once you just act it out, like I'm always out there and about it. Like for example, Samantha Gash, like she's been up here for so long. Like I was like, oh my God, imagine meeting her. And now that like, I'm a runner and like 
love trail running like that just organically happened that I met her things like that where it's like if you're out and amongst it that will not they will be there mm. they'll 100 percent be there that's why you're here <laughs> that's why you're here yeah <laughs> I'm curious about what you're drink like you've spoken a lot about how you're creative and you've gone into arts and stuff like that I'm, I'm curious to hear what that looks like are you what sort of arts are you into what's what does your creative style look like oh so many things I think for me um and Rick Rubin's book sums it up mm. so perfectly the creative oh, act. Man's <laughs> I've been obsessed with uh, his. Have you read it? Uh, yeah, I've been obsessed with like his all these clips and videos that he's coming. Out. Like he's doing a lot of podcasting at the moment, but getting amongst it. I'll it's continue. literally, it's literally my bible. Like mm, the way he explains it, <laughs> I never knew those words for it, and it's so incredible. But it's pretty much it's a way of being, and I think that's why I do so much like with being like in solitude and going out and about because my mind just gets to wander and and like take in so much from the world so for me i think art is like that two-way thing of seeing things say a conversation sparks an idea then i get to go home draw it up remake it like i just love that whole process of it more so than the art piece itself and i don't really care about the product or it being sales and stuff like that just turns to business like that's something repetitive i really love the fact that you can have an idea and create something that was never there before. So uh, yeah, do murals and sculptures and a whole bunch of things, but I think it's more so the process for me. Spoken like a true artist. <laughs> I love to hear that. That's so refreshing in today's world because everything's like, do this, do this, do this, structure, 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 follow this system, follow this system. And then the creative process has just been dialed down and it's just so shit. Like you watch movies today and you're like, oh my God, like what the fuck is this? And then yeah. it's like to hear that, that's fucking beautiful. Yeah, and sometimes there's, like, no money in it. With with all things that I think are really authentic and true, like, and I don't care, I value meaning over money mm. any day. Like, the lifestyle I have, I wake up and I could pretty much cry. I'm so happy. Like, this is a fucking dream. Like, I, every day I'm like, okay, just like a casual day, went backcountry, the casual day, just, like, being in Brighton. I, I actually can't even explain it. Um, and I think that can get lost when you get into the world of business or trying to grow it becomes this very like ego based wanting to prove something but I think if you really bring it back to what life is it's like meaning it's connection it's people and art for me is the most pure way that I get to see things in the world travel document it and then express it so that's so funny just before you came in we're having this conversation and you've summed it up so beautifully but creating a business right we're currently creating business in the coaching coaching industry and mm -hmm. trying to find what our niche is and constantly like evolving and, and growing into that and like on the way i had this just epiphany about what i've done because i'm like i'm going down the tradie route and i'm like business 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 blah, blah, blah. and i'm like okay cool that's a part of it but then also i'm like what am i actually doing here because like i've ran events before and it's like the change and the fulfillment that's created in that moment is like the best thing ever mm -hmm. but this felt like i was stepping away from it just to like bring in more more clients which is still part of it. it's business like you say and then on the way i'm like oh no like i reconnect people to their purpose and i'm like that is like so fulfilling and like, that feeling is so dangerous like that is i think why i am so ambitious or push i'm like i've this feeling it's dangerous. Oh. <laughs> it is dangerous. I was like, dead set. Like this, every morning for the last two weeks, I'm just like waking up like, oh my God, like I've like, there's so many fucking ideas. Like yesterday, I literally came up with like 10 content ideas. I'm like, my brain's just ticking over, but it's obsessed, dead. obsessed with it. And it's like, oh, holy fuck, I'm connected to this. Yeah. Once you got, once you got that connection or that fire, unstoppable, yeah. like it's such a good feeling. Mm. Dangerous in what sense? You're just unstoppable. Like yeah. it's almost watch out kind of feeling. Yeah. It's like, 
yeah, we're not stopping here. Yeah. And, and it's also it's dangerous because it's like it's fucking obsession. And you're like, <laughs> it's like nine o'clock at night. You're like, oh, fuck, I need to like calm the fuck down right now. But you're still thinking of shit. You're like, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? That's where it's dangerous. Mm. My parents are staying with me at the moment and I'm I'm like, um, at the computer, it's it's a bit, it's it's dinner time. And um, like I'm putting slides together, designing some stuff and they're constantly just like, oh, you need to eat? What? You haven't eaten all day? Like that type of thing. And that's when you start to realise, oh shit, like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually in a trance right now. You know? so. It's funny. You can definitely go on borderline like obsessed. And that's what I think a lot of, you know, like climbers or people that are even like elite, it's almost borderline could be, could be something like obsessive or ADHD and things like that. It's funny how it's a spectrum, like to be elite at what you do, you you've got to commit your whole life and your whole mm. your whole day I and mean, i think it comes down to balance and where you want to draw that line between how much relaxation and downtime you get compared to how much mm. you go for yeah. it yeah like all aspects of life are part of that and then like like you said when you're in the walks like you're most creative and that's where you have the most business ideas so time to slow down is important but when you're obsessed like fuck it's it's incredible because it's like be elite but like make sure it's something that you're deeply connected to because like the obsession to something fulfilling is incredible. When it's like obsession with like money and shit, like that's when it starts becoming really toxic. Superficial. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You were gonna say something? Oh yeah, yeah. You reminded me at the beginning of the episode you were talking about how you started to think differently and you started to really lean into that and celebrate that. And I think going back to Rick Rubin, who I love, <laughs> yeah, he he he's a big advocate on like celebrating that whole like thinking differently, being differently, because that's the whole, that's the whole point of what creativity is. Like yeah. lean into the curiosities, what makes you unique because it allows other people to make those associations and connections. Yeah, and it's so scary what society's doing is it's all reducing. Like we're all so individual and we all have our own ideas and then society just brings it into like the one look, the one body, the one trend. It's like Prison. if we made the most of how we are different, we could change the world in so many yeah. different ways but we just keep reducing, reducing, getting more like our friends, more like everyone else, doing careers that make sense in society rather than branching out. And I feel like that's what I've been doing. I'm like, all right, how far can I push away? How much can I find the expression in ways that I'm different and make a difference through that? Mm. Mm. Hey, this is where it starts. <laughs> I can say this often in this podcast, like these conversations are where it starts, you know, like the future is created by us. And it's so cool. And I've just been so like in awe of all the conversations that I think back on and get a message back. Hey, like, you know how we had that idea? Like I just had my first speech in front of a hundred people. Like, thanks so much for that conversation. Like that's so cool to see mm. it come together or someone like, you know what? I think I want to get a van and then to like get a ride in that person's van and like stay. I was like, that's so cool to have just an C or B in that conversation where like the seed was planted and then see it come together. It's amazing. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about this format of, podcasting like why is there such a deep affinity for not only listeners but people to actually do their own podcast well, what do you get out of it as a host i feel connected with like-minded people i think that's what it is community and connection like i've always had these questions that are always just been interested in things that make me feel like alone i'm like what i'm doing to be honest scares the fuck out of me like i am an artist who does a podcast who works for herself and lives on the road. Like I have no blueprint. I have no career path that's like, hey, if you follow this, this is where you end up. It's super scary, but super exciting because anything comes from it. Like the opportunities I have are amazing, but it's really scary to be. And I think just having that community where other people have been in that same same path where they've paved their own path or 
got resilience from what they're doing. I think it's just this like connection on a frequency that you're at mm. and wanting to feel that others feel that too. Mm. Having these conversations on the podcast, we mentioned it off off the mic, but you made a really interesting point where you said it's also dangerous having these like high level open deep conversations can you explain why why you think it's dangerous it's just it just becomes hard then i think to have small talk and 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 it's interesting because like yeah the more i travel and move around it's the same like i find it harder to be home and harder to be around the suburbs for the reasoning of what life can be outside of it and the same with conversations i think when you almost become used to having um conversations like this it can actually be really hard to just have like the small talk again which is fine but i think yeah that can be really hard but also it's dangerous i think because it makes you realize so much like when you have a conversation you like it sparks ideas in you that like can completely change your life mm. i think she just likes saying dangerous as well it's a dangerous day to be <laughs> Uh, I was just thinking when you were talking about how, you know, you're on this 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 road with no blueprint, and it's almost uncertain where it'll end up. Mm-hmm. But at the exact same time, that level of uncertainty is exactly what makes your life so fulfilling and peaceful and like enjoyable, which is fucking incredible when you think about it. Like, you know, even I'm unsure where my business will go, but it's like, I just I love it. And like when you're connected to that, it's like, who gives a fuck? It's so exciting. Cause that's what I think it came down to. I'm like, I know what I know, but I don't know what I don't know. So that's what I've kind of dedicated my life to. Like when I had the choice to keep traveling in that regional Victoria or go home in the lockdown, it was, I either like, I know what home life is like and I don't know what life is on the road. So I may as well see what it's like. And I can always fall back. Like when I got the East coast, if it's really bad or like worse than home, I can always come home but I wouldn't know what it's like if I didn't try. Mm. So I think that's just been my whole life motto. Like, you know what? I'm going to give podcasting a go. If it's not what I vibe, I know I can go back to what I was doing. I'm going to try work for myself. If that doesn't work, I can always find other work. So always choosing the option of what I don't know, knowing that I can always go back if I need, which I never have. Mm. Talking about all this, what are your dreams for the future? (laughs) There's plenty of big ones. A lot of them, I think, which I find really hard I just find really hard to explain because I either don't have the words or haven't been able to even realize it. Like say for example, podcasting, I never knew that that's what I was going to do, but I knew I had a bit of a voice and like wanted to say that I just didn't know that I was going to do a podcast. Um, but I, I'm a very ambitious person. So I've got to, I would down the track would love to write a book um, on my story and kind of that journey that it's been. Um, we'd love to do a Ted talk one day. Oh yeah. Um, what would the Ted talk be about? Just oh, the mind, honestly, about the mind and how important it is to make it a priority about how healing nature can be for it, like the power of connection. Like there's so much depth to the human experience that we're only just scratching the surface for that I would love to talk about. Um, and, yeah, I really want to push myself out in the adventure world. Mm. What are the ones that you find challenging to explain? What do you mean? As what, in terms of my dreams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were saying that like the things that I just like I don't have the words for. What are those ones? Because I'm going to challenge you to to try and come up with the words here. <laughs> well, it's just, it's a feeling. I think that's what's so hard is that I think the what I'm moving into either doesn't exist yet or I don't know it exists. Like a lot of this stuff, I think I'm kind of navigating myself. Say for like writing a book, a few years ago, I might not have known that's how it was going to take form, but I wanted to share my story. It's almost like I know the feeling and I know what I want to come from it. I don't know the avenue that it's going to get there. What's the feeling? 
<laughs> it's just annoying. It's just annoying. Like I know I'm ambitious and that I know the path that I'm on is the right path and like the scary it is is like I'm it's it feels right and things are kind of just falling in from there. Mm. Whatever it whatever it will be will be impactful by the sound of it. I hope so. Mm. <laughs> does does the feeling and talking about this does that scare you? Does the feeling scare me? Yeah, feeling of like you there's a deep knowing that you're gonna be doing like some big Fucking oath that scares me. It's like almost like I wish. I just wish I was content with full time work. I just I wish I could be content with just a normal life, you know. And then I get this like feeling of like you know what? Nah, you need to like go for a big adventure. I'm like, okay. Next next minute, um, a woman hiking from Victoria to WA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, classic. (laughs) It does scare me. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you guys have that feeling? Oh, we've been there plenty of times where it's like, oh yeah, we could just, you know, just be packing boxes or working in a warehouse or something like that. But um, I think think every sort of high level individual, you're always going to have those thoughts creep in. Um, because I feel like we fluctuate between different core needs throughout our journey. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I really want variety. And then I really want routine. And um, I think, yeah, significance. I think it's really important for us to allow ourselves to have both and like fluctuate between both and then really allow ourselves to go deeper into what we feel really connected to, which is like, obviously for you, it's adventure right now. Maybe one day it's like, no, I want the white picket fence, but I don't know if that's, I don't think that's pretty far-fetched at the moment for you. But yeah, I think it's really important to allow ourselves to fluctuate between both 100 percent. and can i go back to the question and ask it to you about what podcasting kind of fulfills for you oh like i said i just on a early days as a kid just very observant (laughs) curious of the world maybe more soft-spoken because i was sort of taking in everything around me yeah so when you get someone who has a colorful vivid life full of such crazy experiences it's almost like me getting free reign of like, yeah, all right, let me, yeah, let me get as much, much wisdom and much uh, uh, seeds of inspiration that I can take and then share in my world and what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So that's that's my creative process is just like making those connections, see how many um, dots I can connect along the way. Yeah, I love that. And you're a big dot right now. You're giving me a lot of inspiration. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> We gotta put that word in the title of the. Yeah. Episode. Okay. All right. No worries. We will do. We'll How do. about you? How about me? Yeah. What's the question again? What podcasting kind of fulfills for you? Like why? Hmm. Never been asked that question before. I mean, when you look at it, it's just, you know, what? I'm just like the present, being completely present in this moment, and that's like such a important thing for me is to be able to be present in the moment, and this is like the most present form you could possibly be in. Uh, and I'm like incredibly grateful for every episode that I have and like meeting new individuals and having these conversations where I get to grow as well and just hearing other stories and, and then getting inspired by knowing that there's other people out there like us and then just building relationships from it. Yeah, I think that's really cool as well. I think for me with going for these things and just like trying, you know, like the things that I'm doing, my art and whatever it is, is knowing that others are doing it too. Like mm. the fact my support system, my support people are so strong that I'm like, oh, what I'm doing at the end of the year is tiny. Mm. I know probably like 15 other people that I can call upon that have done B 
bigger treks, bigger hikes. Like, you know, like Sean and Sam and got to run with Akana. These people have done massive things. They're doing it. Like, this is so doable. This mm. is so much smaller. And like knowing that I can call on them and just like get advice, it makes it so achievable. What I'm doing, I'm not even worried about. I'm like, it's, it's so doable. If I were just at home, people are like, what, what happens if you get injured? Yeah. Or do, do you know direction? Like you're, you're doing it solo. You're doing it alone. Like, do you know it? And it's just this mm. fear that kind of comes down. Like, oh, maybe it's just a dream. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. So what you important. focus on amplifies. It's like focus on like, fuck, this is going to be sick. Yeah, so and when you so have so many people around you doing those things, you're just like, it's it's almost, it's more possible than not possible. Like, the fact that I'm just around these people, it's just, it's like, to, it's, yeah, it's, it, it will naturally happen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they're the people that you want to be, at, like, normalizing excellence. Like, yeah, I just ran 60, 60 Ks for 60 days. Oh, yeah. Cool, I'm just going for a two and a half week hike. Like, it's cool. Yeah, no biggie, no biggie. <laughs> but I think that's the other thing as well with um, podcasting is, like, it teaches you to be that in that vulnerable state as well. Like, I'm not sure what you guys are going to ask or what you're going to say. And just like, and same, same for you, not having like pre-done questions. It's just like, you just have to show up how you are. And mm. like, that's a really deep connection that we don't have when we're using phones all the time where you can sit and think and think, what will they think of that? It's like, you're just allowing the conversation to be. It's scary, but you're in that space where, yeah, you just go deeper. Is this art? Hmm? This, this is, is fucking like art. art right fucking now. oath. It's art. This is, a form this is the truest right expression now. of ourselves. Yeah. Lisa's like opening it up. We're just like, you know, she's asking us questions and we're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Nah, she's, 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 she she's knows a host. how to flip she it. Knows yeah. she's, she's dangerous. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, Connor did the same thing and Sean did the same thing. Yeah. Seems to be a bit of a trend. There we go. Yeah. Good guests. Yeah. Good they guests. Are. They are. Connor's done the swimming called Water Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's the connection? Because we've got like a web of guests who are all connected, and now we're we're in your web of connections. How are you connected with like, yeah, Connor? Yeah. So, I think it's my cousin's girlfriend. Oh, here we go. Partner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're out for dinner, and I was saying I've been doing a lot of like cold water swims, and she's like, my whatever the connection is, <laughs> is Connor. You should go. So I've been swimming with them. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It always goes a little like that. <laughs> yeah. And then S- Samantha Gash, how did you, yeah, how did you. She might that? be the next. How did you make that connection? You. <laughs> um, I went down to her run. She does her, her trails, which is in the Mount Dandenongs, um, like a trail running for females group. So mm. kind of saw that I've been following her for a long little while and came down for a trot and I'm now doing her program. And with Sean, I've actually grown up so close to him. Like he's in Vermont. And like a lot of my friends are friends with him, but I never actually met him until I was down in Mornington one day and saw that he was running through for the Cancer Melbourne. So I joined in um, on some of that Cancer Melbourne run. Yeah. Oh, funny story that just popped up. We went camping a few months ago and I think we were driving through a back road, a past like uh, country. And we saw this guy that looked exactly like Sean. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And we're like, what the fuck is that Sean Bell? And we were sort of like one- Still th- running. Literally. literally. Six months later. Like one thought goes, no, nah, that can't be. Yeah. Why would he be like, all the way out there? But it's Sean. Yeah. And then, then the second thought was like, no, nah, but it's Sean Bell. So it's <laughs> probably it's a good possibility. And I feel like next time we're in like the trails or in the mountains and we see a blonde young chick doing a, doing a hike or something, we're like, wait. You probably you probably hear from me being like I, I'm a bit lost. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, which way am I going? <laughs> yeah. So I guess back to the whole point of like the more you do this, the more you normalize doing hard things. 
when people see you in a mountain running, they'll be like, oh, that that's a that, that could be Elise. Like that's the first person they, they think about. Like you become the go-to individual for doing tough things. I really like that. I feel like it's funny because I'm around people who do such hard things. I feel like this tiny mm. little like, and not necessarily imposter syndrome where I need to like downplay anything. But yeah, I feel like what I'm doing is just, tiny and mm. shouldn't even be spoken about like to say i'm a runner feels really wrong because i don't run anywhere near the distance like i support crew sean bell who did this massive run so for me to even say i'm a runner it's like i don't know if i can even say that you know like mm. what i'm doing is so small compared to like the friends around me that i'm almost like embarrassed to say these things i'm like oh just went for a little ride like it was hard for me i know it wouldn't be hard for you and i think it's really interesting because yeah, as I said, I spend a lot of time away from home. When I come home, they're just like, you did what? Like, you ran up Buffalo at night? Like, why would you, you know, it's almost this crazy idea. Then when I'm there, I'll like be at work. Like, oh yeah, cool. I did that too. I was like, oh yeah. Like I went ice climbing two weeks ago. And while I was there, it was so normal. It was like other people are going back country. Other people have got their ropes. And then I come home and people are like, you went ice climbing? Like what? <laughs> so, yeah. What's been your craziest adventure today? <laughs> Because <laughs> you're just dropping bombs. So it's like, yeah, ice climbing yeah. definitely was not. I'm just picturing you with like pictures, like no ropes. That did feel pretty badass. I will tell you that. Um, I don't know. I think it's just been like the last three years of just consistent stuff that I'm like, there you go. I didn't know I could do that. Is there anything that stands out? Probably the ice climbing. Yeah, right. That was like unexpected and really like, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, I find that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Are we talking? Is that like anything close? I don't know. I'm trying to picture in my head. Is it like twelve peaks type of thing? Or well, not that high, but it was just like sheet, you literally, sheet, yeah. So sheer like ice. You've got ice axes that are like your hands, I guess, yeah. and crampons that you kick into your feet. Yeah. Where, wait, so where is this? This is Blue Lake in Blue Lake. Perisher. Like, is that Victoria? Or? New yeah. South Wales. New South Wales. Yeah. Is Perisher New South Wales? Yeah. Hmm. No shit. There you go. There you go. Mm. Who who do who are some of who are some of the people that you look up to in in you mentioned art, psychology, adventure. Who are some of your go to people for inspiration? There's so many people, and I think that's usually what even drives the people that I reach out to for the podcast is people that are not you know just TV people, but like those few steps. Mm. And I think at the moment, especially with the adventure I have coming up, a lot of people like. Um, Bailey, who just did the walk around Australia, Akana, who ran tip to toe, Sean, who's running around Australia. Um, a lot of people doing those things that are really just like deepening their understanding of like life and pushing boundaries. Um, a lot of artists that aren't afraid to express what it is that they're feeling. I've been really inspired by Rick Rubin. Like, oh, I, I don't know who the uh, fuck Rick Rubin is. You, sh- oh. you literally shared, I'm not even joking, you shared, uh, I think, a real... <laughs> Oi, so dude, bloke, he's got dude, some good words. You shared a reel on your story of him. I'm not even kidding. That's why I was like, oh, fuck, Luke's getting into Rick Rubin. That's dope. <laughs> just some average guys yeah. giving some good words. Oh, yeah. He's so unique. He just looks like a hobo, like a homeless person. <laughs> like dead set. But that's his like- I think I know thing. who are the one. <laughs> he's so, so he's good. a good guy. When you yeah. say the homeless guy, I'm like, oh, I think I know the one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, they're, they're the main ones. Yeah. yeah. Art, psychology, and adventure. So you're studying psychology? I studied it, yeah. You studied it? Bachelor's. Nice. Yeah. Do you do any work with anyone? 
Pardon? Do you do, like, are you working with anyone? Or? No, well, that's the thing. I'm really fascinated by psychology and kind of in this space, like through conversation. I don't think clinical and nine to five work in the one building is for me. That's mm. not something that's ever interested me. Like I actually studied it on the road, but I knew as soon as I got into it, I didn't want that as my pathway. I think there's a lot that can be spoken through motion, like while walking and, and like conversations that I have that are a bit more, mm. I don't know, like community and stuff. That's definitely where I want to be. Mm. And with the the adventure, the expedition in mid-November, are you, right now, are you building a campaign around it? Are you going to do some promoting around it? What's yeah, that like? yet to release it. Um, but I'm going to be raising awareness for Eating Disorder Families Australia. Because I think the families as well, uh, after, you know, being through it and probably what you may have noticed, like it affects the whole family, like mm. the, the stress of the carers as well. So trying to raise awareness for that. Um, and yeah, starting to get some looking into sponsorship and putting the pictures out. So yep. it will be really soon. Is this the release? I guess it is. Guess. Depends, oh, is this depends what comes first. Well, this will be uploaded. When is this uploaded? Um, oh, we've no. got a few episodes coming in. Well, we just got ours last week. Yeah. So it'll be Tuesday, it'll be Tuesday week. When, yeah, when do you plan to publicly promote mm. it? In the coming weeks. In the coming weeks. Okay, so my, my we'll, maybe we'll, 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 we'll let you promote it first. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Exciting times. Really big why behind the track, which is really cool. Um, I've, I heard an ultra marathon runner. He was talking about how he gets through the tough, gritty parts of uh, like his goals. And he was saying instead of having this like one big why, he has like tiny whys stacked on top of each other. And I think Sean mentioned that on our mm -hmm. podcast as well. Mm -hmm. So you've got like that really big why. Is there some other like underlying smaller whys that you've maybe gathered that you're going to use to drive yourself? So many, so many. I think like that's what's been able to fuel me with what I do is I just have so many strong connections to why and it's not just me. And I think what people are realising is, yeah, when you have something bigger than you, whether it be for a community, a campaign, a reason, it just, it fuels you exponentially. And I think for me, just knowing how important it is to be out in nature for my mind mm. has been really nice to get me out there and I could go on like mm. for, for how many reasons. Yeah. It definitely sounds like your whys have outweighed the how that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, and that's the thing how it's always been for life is like, there's always a why and the whole mission, I guess, is working out how is that's going to come together. Like I think through recovery, I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to be able to share. The avenue it goes down, I'm not sure yet. And that's what I guess I'm still navigating. Mm. I love it. I love it. Just fucking send. Don't think about the hows, mate. Send just it. fucking yeah. send it. It's dangerous, <laughs> but just fucking send it. <laughs> Always a good time to send it. <laughs> and I guess just uh, last thing is now that you're coming back home, How's the how's the mindset? How are you preparing yourself personally coming back from bright, being in stillness, solitude, and coming back to the big smoke? Yeah, well, just a dip in. <laughs> so I'm coming home to paint a mural um, and do my wilderness first aid, and then I am back out there. So I think coming home used to be really hard because it's just that adjustment that it's kind of hits me really differently. Like I'm I'm living this really fun life, and then trying to navigate into, I guess sometimes even a reality here like for my parents like all right like how's your savings going and what what are you going to be studying next and what's your career I'm like I can't I can't tell you I'm like I'm not applying for jobs because I don't want a job that already exists like it can really bog me down mm. and especially when people you know might hear ideas and be like okay but how are you saving you know or yeah. um, that can be 
really hard and I'm really mindful of that um, when I am at home. And then, yeah, it's usually just a pit stop. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> See ya. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on the, the flip side of that, what are you looking forward to the most um, during this pit stop? Ooh. That's a good question. Oh, I think, I yeah, I know, I know. Well, I haven't actually thought of it yet. I've just just driven. I haven't mm. even processed the fact that I'm back in Melbourne, to be honest. Um, but I think just reconnecting, it's actually really nice to slow down. Mm. Again, like my days have been so big. It's actually really nice to just like spend some time with family and check on like my nano and just like have those moments. So it's just like just the nice, the nice normal again. So mm. just checking in with everyone. Yeah, pretty rare for someone to come back to the city and say, I'm here to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. High level individual. That's, uh, yeah, that's what you get. Hey, but on that topic though, like I got, I'm, I'm meant to be going to Bali. Well, I'm going to Bali. I shouldn't say I'm meant to. I'm going to Bali in like three weeks. And this topic's been like running through my head that the, like being so connected about what you're doing and being so ambitious and driven. There's a part of me that doesn't even want to go on holiday. And you're like, you hear those other words like, nah, like take, take longer off, bro. Take longer off. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not really what I want to do. Yeah. So it's like when you, yeah, when you become obsessed, it's, it's very interesting. It is hard like that. And I do find that hard as well. Cause I'm like, I know what I love to do. It's like these things. So if it's like, oh, come for a week away, I'm like, it is hard. And I think it's that imbalance. It's like, it's actually mm. really nice to spend time with friends and to just like, you know, do those things. And spend time with family and, you know, do, like, whatever it is. I think it's always a balance. But, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Such a, a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was trying to get you to come. That's obviously oh, yeah. not happening. Yeah. But mm. I like the idea of you taking one day off stretch the fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah. No, so Luke, yeah, Luke prompted me to – he was like, yeah – like when's the last time you had a holiday or would you come to Bali? And then I was like, oh, like already I'm just thinking, oh, a week is long, a long time. You get a lot done in a week. and But that to me is already just revealing how much more I should probably lean into that is when it like stumps you and it actually scares you a yeah. little bit. Yeah, that's, that's always really good. I think when it's like that whole like, oh, I actually feel like I'm letting go of that kind of control and stuff. Mm. But I think it's interesting as well because, yeah, as I've said, I've been on the road for quite a while and I think people think I'm just like floating around, just like hanging out. I'm like, I'm pretty like driven with what I do. If I'm going to take yeah. a week, it would be, you know, adventuring, writing, creating art, networking. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty switched on. And I think I always get perceived as someone who's just like, oh, what do you mean you don't work full time? Like, that's a dream. You can just like hang by the <laughs> beach. I'm like, I love the beach and I go there a lot, but I'm still like, I'm doing stuff. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a different whole It's unforeseen to them like that. Mm. The, yeah that's what that's what they dream of so <laughs> yeah. yeah are you living the dream right now absolutely yeah. <laughs> i could pinch myself every day yeah yeah, yeah. scary but it's a dream mm. i like it Elise. we know there's a big adventure coming up mid-november but is there a maybe a, a smaller mid-size call to adventure coming up before then what's your next call to adventure oh I've got a couple that I want to be doing around Bright. I want to be hitting up the backcountry a bit more during the snow season. So I want to um, summit Mount Feathertop, um, which is my favourite favorite mountain. Do it with your top off like we did. 
We'll see. <laughs> Be a little bit cold. Um, definitely want to do some more missions around um, Buffalo running, bike, and just like a bit more of like an expedition, like some overnights. Um, yeah, check out some of the Alpine Trail before I head out there. And I want to go highlining. Highlining, what's that? That's like the slack line that's put between. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've been attempting to stand up. I haven't been able to walk it yet. Yeah. So that's another little goal of mine. Jesus. <laughs> I have no doubt that that's going to happen. I'll probably yeah. see one you. Day, know, one day. There's going to be a photo on your Instagram. You're, by, by the way, one of the most impressive Instagram pages I've seen in uh, recent times. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, adve- it screams adventure and I love it. I love it. Just living. <laughs> just living. <laughs> Do us a favor and let us know how can me and Luke, but also anyone out there, how can we support the mission, the adventure, the journey that you're on? Oh, I think just being, just following along, being a part, seeing how you can help along the way, like things might be able to pop up, but um, yeah, to be able to raise some awareness for EDFA um, when the donations are up would be amazing and just, yeah, being a part of the community. Yeah, beautiful. Give her all your money, your dogs. <laughs> are, you, are you doing the sponsorship route or are you just doing the fundraising route? Is there a difference? Maybe educate us a bit. Yeah, so there'll be um, fundraising for EDFA and just trying to spread awareness on that side and then potentially um, sponsorship just like for gear and things yep. to make it more possible. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. See. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts, words, anything that you want to share or anything you want to ask us? Oh, well, I think for closing thoughts, just get out there and get amongst it. Like I think if you've been umming and ahhing about making a decision that it's like, oh, this is a bit scary or this is, you know, like quitting a job or moving like that, that feeling where you just want to retract to comfort, go out there, go do it, like get amongst it. Like I support you. Um, and in terms of questions. This is new. Well, I feel like, you know, if there's anyone to ask it, it would be, (laughs) she's got some good questions. (laughs) I'm just curious as to what you guys are most curious about, like with the questions and the people that you've been finding for your podcast, what, do you feel like you're trying to answer? Oh, okay. I like that. What do you feel like we're trying to answer? Yeah. Oh, that's it. It's a bit of a big one, but like, say you got, you know, like Stand with your by. We'll be back in <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> with, the, with the people that you're going to get on in the future, yeah. what do you want to know from them? I think it's on a very simple level. It's like, what's, what's their definition of meaning in their life? And mm. where did that, that come from? Cause there's usually, a collection of different pivotal moments, usually uncomfortable, usually filled with a lot of pain and, and um, adversity. And then they've been able to tra- uh, transmute that or transform that into a lot of power and inspiration that they're now putting out into the world. So I like, I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to get more of. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's the, it comes down to the title of the podcast, The Call to Adventure and, understanding that everyone has their own story everyone has a journey that they've been on and most of the people that well pretty much everyone that's been on here has overcome that so that breeds a lot of inspiration and motivation so yeah just spreading awareness on what can be possible in in your life yeah the people that we get on this podcast because there's calls to adventure everywhere in everyone's life so the people that we have on are the ones who pick it up not only once but multiple times throughout their journey Mm. and um yeah someone like yourself like this isn't going to be the last cause of adventure i'm sure there's going to be a bigger one she's going to finish that she's like oh what do i do next (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's who we attract on the podcast and yeah that's how we're how we're rolling
Yeah. What's your podcast called? Yeah. <laughs> Promote the podcast. Oh, it's called Explore Your Core and it's pretty much just talking about um, cultivating passion and purpose and I speak with some amazing people who have kind of fostered resilience and paved their own path. Yeah, Sick. Cool people. Yeah, fuck yeah, well said. <laughs> Dang. All cool. right. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks, team. Yep. Thanks, Elise. Send Thanks, it. Elise. Send it. Send it. It's Ciao. dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs>